We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, we identify the top 10 rookies for your dynasty leagues. I'm Alan Seslowski from Rotowire. My guest this week is Cody Carpentier from PlayerProfiler.com. Cody is the head draft analyst for Player Profiler and Roto Underworld. Cody is one of the sharpest rookie analysts that I know and one of the best dynasty players I've ever competed against. He has a unique superpower to break down NFL film integrate analytics seasoned with his own observations in order to project top prospects at the NFL level. Some of Cody's recent biggest hits include a video he did at Rotowire where he made the case last year to take Michael Carter ahead of Trey Sermon. That worked out great. Cody also famously advocated to take Jamar Chase as the number one overall pick, even in Superflex leagues during your rookie drafts last year. Those two strong takes are just a sample of how unique and dialed in Cody Carpentier is. Enjoy this wide-ranging conversation I have with Cody about the best players to draft at each position and when they will likely get drafted in the NFL draft and who is being undervalued at this stage of the process. This episode will be useful to dynasty players to get familiar with the rookies before all the noise starts to happen. This is a raw breakdown of the top 10 rookies for dynasty fantasy football. Of course, we talk about a little dynasty strategy at the end and you can find Cody on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. All the links are in the video description or podcast description below. You know what's funny is that um, you know you're obviously one of our most frequent guests on on the podcast last summer, this summer. But it, it's I would have you on no matter what. But you actually are the most requested guest that I get emails and Twitter about. I mean, I get why. I was saying, yeah. I mean, I, I, we had Adam Schefter on this podcast, and we get more requests. Of, When's Cody coming back? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it makes it easy for me. You know, and well, I appreciate that. That's yeah. big time. So yeah. thank you. Well, you know, you your information led people last year to avoid the Trey Sermon landmine. That was one of our most viewed videos, our clips, and land on Michael Carter, who, I mean, where are you, where are you guys going to be ranking Michael Carter in Dynasty this year? Michael Carter is rising, and he's rising quickly. And if you remember from that conversation, the, the purpose and the thought behind Michael Carter was not always, hey, go get this guy. He's going to be good for you know eight to ten years in Dynasty. That was never my thought, my, my idea behind it. It was more so like, I know year one, this guy's going to be able to come in. This guy's going to be able to take over this Jets backfield. He's better than Ty Johnson. Tevin Coleman's old, and he did it. And now it actually looks like, hey, he's still 22 and a half years old. Give me 23. He still, he, I think he can actually last for a couple more seasons, and I don't know how you can have him outside the top 25. Right now we have him at 23 overall, right between Elijah Mitchell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, ahead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yeah. might I add. Um that's been a thing that I've pushed for to get him ahead of Clyde Edwards Slayer because if you remember also through the process, I comped him to Clyde Edwards Slayer because I thought he would have been a better prospect if he went to LSU in those same whatever you can, hypotheticals or whatever. But we're going to have him right now at 23, and I think he can only go up from here for the next year probably. Well, think about it. what's Clyde Edwards Hilaire's best, um, be the case for ranking him the highest. You know what it is? It was that he was the first running back off the board three years ago and is disappointed. So his his biggest flex is that he was RB1 in his class. But meanwhile, he was drafted ahead of where 
any smart or sharp analyst or sensible analyst had him. Nobody had him as the RB1 pre-draft. That was Swift. That was Taylor. You know, you saw a couple acres, maybe, maybe Dobbins, but never uh, Clyde Ebertolaire. So, yeah, I have him in the – because we just posted the Rotowire uh, Superflex Dynasty rankings. I think I have Carter right around 25. Uh, but I, I like what you just said there about Hilaire. I think I fell for that trap. Um, what we're going to talk about today, I'm here with Cody Carpentier, player profiler. Uh, one of the sharpest uh, rookie analysis that I, I've come across. I follow your Twitter at Carpentier NFL, right? Is that how it is? It's Carpentier NFL? Yeah, Carpentier NFL right there. Yep, and it's it's linked in the video description below. Uh, I don't know how you develop this superpower. I guess it's just your passion, but you have this uh, uncanny ability not just to break down rookies. I've seen people break down rookies, but then to project them at the next level. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about what I call the top 10 rookies for your Dynasty Superflex drafts. Not in any necessary any order. You'll tell me where you see them slotted in, but that's what we're going to do. And let's, let's start with quarterbacks because in Superflex – quarterbacks rule so before we even get into the players cody are the you know there's been a lot of narrative talk that the quarterbacks in this class are not as strong as they were in previous years lightning round question here is that true yes it's it's true they're not the depth is there if you want to compare it like that if you want to compare the depth to what last year's was where there was five guys this year there's six guys there's seven guys arguably if you put in bailey zappy from western kentucky but the talent level is last year to this year and that's it's a big it's a big teardrop or it's a big comparison drop uh in talent the depth is there but the talent isn't so you got corral you got pick at the top right there but well let's put in perspective i want to ask you a perspective question so matt corral out of old miss he's your qb1 and we'll talk about him in depth i'm gonna have you he's not no who's your who's your qb1 that's the, the the big conversation about this whole class is that we still have all these guys and there's no clear-cut number one. For me, it's Kenny Pickett. A lot of NFL draft media has moved on to Kenny Pickett. It wasn't at Corral. If you remember early in the process, it was Spencer Rattler. Now he goes back to school. Sam so, Howell's in there. It's still wide open when you look at Howell, Pickett, and Matt Corral. And the positive for Pickett and Howell is they're both going to be at the Senior Bowl. Everybody in the top seven except for Matt Corral is going to be at the Senior Bowl. Okay, so Kenny Pickett, he's the quarterback out of Pittsburgh. If I'm getting it right, he is one of these um, prototype like that comes out of the quarterback factory. He's got the size, the arm, modest mobility. Do I have that right? Yeah, he's got modest mobility, but he can do it. I don't think he's been forced to do it, but he can do it. And the biggest thing I think is everyone's like, oh, he's been there for five years. He's you know he's going to be 23 years old, but that fifth year was big: 59 percent, 58 percent, 61, 61. And that fifth season, he jumped up to 67%. Got a new OC, improved over 4,000 passing yards, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. There's no fluke there. When you learn, it's, you, you, there's a reason these guys stayed a little bit longer. This guy stayed in perfect length. He learned enough. He's moving on. To me, it's pretty clear cut. A lot of guys that I respect have Matt Corral number one. Corral's going through an injury. Corral's not going to be at the senior bowl. I think Pickett ends up being the first quarterback off the board. Okay, so Kenny Pickett. Out of Pittsburgh, you have him as your QB one. Just to give perspective, and again, we don't know landing spot is massive, and we know that. And we'll come back and we'll revisit this. If if Kenny Pickett ends up behind a veteran that has a job and there's a chance he won't play in your one, that's going to depress his lifetime dynasty value that you guys uh, put over our player player profile, play, yep. playerprofiler.com. So, how would you slot Pickett in versus the rookies that five quarterbacks that went in round one in 2021? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't really thought about it like Anecdotally, that. just off the top of your head. I, I wouldn't have him ahead of Mac Jones. I'd okay, probably so have be, him ahead of Zach Wilson, though. Okay, so he'd probably be uh, QB5-ish, for QB4-ish for you last year. You'd still have yeah. Lawrence, uh, uh, was uh, Justin Fields ahead of him for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably have those four guys and then Pickett and then, and then probably – then you start having the conversation between Corral and a Wilson for me. 
Okay, and that's the I'm, this is the exercise. So dynasty is a life cycle, and the cycle when you talk about it in January, especially before the Senior Bowl, and the Senior Bowl for those we were just jumping in the dynasty is where the best seniors in the country get coached by NFL coaches, and this is where we discover talent like Cooper Cup. This is where we dis- discover that Mac Jones is is a, is going to be one of the better QBs if he's in the right system. So, and I like to compare them to last year's rookies because everyone now is familiar with the rookie rankings from last year, and this is able to calibrate. Us. All right. So pick it. What so none of these guys are going to be a top 10 pick unless I mean that does change. Talk it through why if a quarterback, there's are going to be teams in the top 10 that need a quarterback. Why is he not likely to go in the top 10 picks? So actually, my last mm-hmm. mock draft, mock draft 3.0, you can find that on playerprofiler.com. Go to the and links section. in the video description below. I'll put here and mock drafts linked in the awesome. video below. And so you can check that out there. But if you go over there, I didn't have this before, but now I do. I have at number six, I have the Carolina Panthers drafting Sam Howell, a quarterback of North Carolina, because and the mock draft is a lot different than rankings, right? But mock draft, Carolina has been going after Howell and Corral. And I think Howell ends up being, this is a projection, obviously, with mock drafts. And then Kenny Pickett. You have the Steelers. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers moving up to to get Kenny Pickett. Do I think they move up to five? I don't think they're going to have to, but I think they're going to have to move up a little bit to get him. And I think he fits that mold. I've said this for the last two months. I think Pickett fits the mold to stay in Pittsburgh, fill in for Big Ben, and be the next guy in the Steelers organization for the next 10 years. But do I think any of these guys deserve to be top 10? No, to your point. I do not think that any of these guys deserve to be top 10. That's like you saw Mac Jones go 15 last year. If I said none of these guys are on Mac Jones's level, what's that mean? They don't deserve to be top 15. So – but it's the nature of the position. It's quarterback. These teams need quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. There's more than just them that do. And I think it's going to force these guys to – it's going to force these GM's hands to take a quarterback eventually. And that's – you talked about the quarterback inflation. All it takes is Kenny Pickett to light it up and get some highlights out of the Senior Bowl, and we're off to the races. That's why, like, you know, when I'm in these rookie dynasty superflex leagues like with rookie drafts, I said, just wait. Everyone's like, oh, this class sucks. Trade for 23 picks. Okay, until you start seeing the highlights and, you know, all the players. So, all right. So there's four. How many viable quarterbacks do you think can go in the first round of our fantasy dynasty super flex draft? So is there four? Is there three? How many do you think will actually make it into our rookie drafts picks one through 12? I think Pickett, Corral, hands down. I think Howell's going to make a case for himself. I think he's going to end up being a top 20 pick. I think Howell's going to be in there. And then I think people are going to be wanting – and so that's three. And I would put the number probably at three and a half because I think in some leagues people are going to want to push that button on Malik Willis depending on where he goes and Carson Strong. Carson Strong's got a massive arm. He's coming off a knee injury. But uh, Carson Strong has as much talent and as much upside as anybody in this entire class. And then Malik Willis obviously has the rushing factor where he, he can go for 1,000 yards rushing any season. So – People are going to want to click the button on there, but if I had to put the number, it'd probably be about three, three and a half, and I would take Corral, Howell, and uh, Pickett to be my guaranteed top three quarterbacks. Who is player profiler comping Willis to? No comp right now, but uh, so that'll come out when the combine stuff goes through, but right now it's looking like a Tyrod Taylor type. Okay. All right. That's fair. Which, by the way, is great for fantasy. Uh, if you yeah. had Tyrod, if you were in a pinch in Superflex leagues this year, Tyrod Taylor, you could have gotten him for like a third round pick, which was, you know, because he was considered a, a I mean, it's because he's an older player, a younger player, obviously, have a little bit more uh, juice to him. Uh, and by the way, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Dynasty podcast, which is a new episode every Monday, is brought to you by WinBet. It's commercial time. Hang in there, Cody. Uh, if if there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions. And even more so is making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you from Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet. The premier digital casino and sportsbook app, WinBet is now exclusive sponsor Rotowire Dynasty podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. Have you ever played Baccarat, by the way, at a casino? I've not played Baccarat. I was in Tampa last week, and I kept walking by the Baccarat table, and it was actually popping, but I it's, skipped right past it. It's awesome. I, I never got into it that much. And for some reason, and again, I, I, this is not meant to be offensive in any way, but it seems to attract a lot of foreign Asian players. So it's I, I don't 
I just every time. I, that's just an anecdotal observation. And I, I'm always interested to what it is. Maybe it's a cultural thing that attracts the players. But I, I like playing it. Um, but I just it's interesting. Whereas Blackjack, you know, has dumb drunk Americans playing it, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let me then finish I, through. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, then I go over to the roulette table. And that's where I, that's, that's my spot right there. I want to ask you about roulette strategy in a second, because there is a strategy, right? There, there's sometimes it it depends on, it depends for me on if it's live or if it's computerized. Yeah, I, live. Yeah. Only live, I'm talking about. All right, let me just finish this read from our partner, WinBet. Uh, WinBet is currently available in seven states while rapidly expanding at WinBet. The possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner of RotoWire Fantasy Football Dynasty Podcasts. All right, I'm here with Cody Carpentier from Player Profiler. The direct, are you still the director of analytics? I was That's director the, of content. Director of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The director of content. Now I moved more, more so into the NFL draft analyst and uh, game analyst charting. That's more so my avenue now. I've tried to move out of the content building side of it, more so into the NFL draft side of it. So that's yeah. the. Well, your title over here at RotoWire is our favorite and most frequent guests. We love having you on. And I'm, like I told you earlier, I, I was not surprised, just impressed about people want. And what I do is I say, listen, we're going to have him on a couple times during the year, but just go listen to his podcast. I, that's what I do. <laughs> that's how I get a lot of my information. So go over there and listen to your podcast. Plug your podcast. Like, how do they find it? I appreciate that. Uh, we just dropped the new future cast on the Roto Underworld. Anywhere you get podcasts, you just type in Roto Underworld. It's going to pop up there. The future cast just dropped yesterday. Talked about the tight ends in the senior bowl. Last week we talked about the quarterbacks and the running backs. And then this coming Friday we'll be talking about the wide receivers. Undercovered ops in the season. Undercovered prospects in the offseason. Undercovered prospects is going to be starting up in about two weeks after the senior bowl. Yes, that's what we got. Yeah, so what the reason we have Cody on here, as we talked about before, is his prowess in rookie analysis and projecting those players in the NFL. And we just talked a little bit about the quarterbacks, and we are talking about the top 10 uh, or most coveted rookies that we're projecting into the NFL. Uh, and you'll be able to check out all these players through the Senior Bowl and through the pre-draft process. We'll be doing podcasts every week. All right, before we get into the next set of rookies, we're going to talk about uh, the running backs. I'm saving the wide receivers to the end because this seems like it's going to be the strongest wide receiver class of all the positions. Wide receiver seems to have the most depth and top heavy. Um, Gabriel Davis uh, was, you know, caught the four touchdowns yesterday. Uh, his, I've already seen him being traded for, you know, some some pretty heavy draft capital. I don't, I don't think that's a fluke moving forward. I want to get your take on is he, I mean, the classic sell high off this big performance or are, yeah, it's okay. I see you shaking your head for those listening. Give me your Gabriel Davis take the Buffalo Bills second year wide receiver. Who's only 22 years old. There's been a group of people on Twitter that are for Gabe Davis. And there's been a group of people that are against Gabe Davis. And it's always been this, you know, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. They don't like him. They have Cole Beasley. They're not going to use him. He's not the alpha. That's Stephon Diggs. Okay, obviously. But guess what? The more weapons, the better. And this team, I think it was pretty obvious and it was pretty apparent last season when he goes for 500 yards. And I believe the stat was, I tweeted it out, but I believe the first five games he scored a touchdown, they were 5-0. and Since then, they're 10-3 and when he scores a touchdown. Yesterday, obviously, become 10-4. and But he's... Got the alpha prototype. Do I think he's an alpha alpha? No, he's not on the, that Diggs level, that Adams level, but he has the alpha-esque talent. And the team, the biggest things you look for is the team says, we love this guy. The coach says, this guy's a dude, and the quarterback loves him. The Stephon Diggs has vouched for him. When everybody's on a guy and you already love the guy, there's no reason to go away from that. And he's still 22.8 years old. I, I just don't see how you can sell. If you're selling on him, you better be getting. I don't even know. Right it was now, a, so. This is what this is what he was traded for in the league that I, I was in. It was a pick one twelve rookie pick one twelve in a superflex and Curtis Samuel. I would I would have rather have Gabe Davis. I would take Gabe Davis. But people were yelling. You know how these dynasty leagues are. People get all up arms. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're not me," because it wasn't my trade. I wish it was. But they were calling the guy a sucker for buying high. I said, sometimes buying high is okay. You know, it's like if, you know, I was called a sucker, you know, or for buying Bitcoin at, at 25,000 instead of 10,000. But Hey, you know, if, if you got out at the right spot, no big deal. Right. Who cares? Yep. So, uh, okay. So you're, you guys are in on Gabe Davis. That makes me feel better about it. Cause 
I would like to push him up like in the top 30 wide receiver, 36 wide receivers. Is that fair for dynasty? I was just going to say we have him at 40 right now, but that's without movements after yesterday. Um, when you're looking up a little bit ahead, ahead of there, you're looking at Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, both 29, 30 years old. Mike Williams, would you put him over those three guys? Well, uh, Hopkins is interesting because Hopkins is the classic, has a lot of actual value, but almost no trade value whatsoever. You're not going to be able yeah. to get almost anything for him. But yeah, I mean, if DeAndre, so I probably, that's where the, the fine line is depending on your build. But he, you just mentioned Mike Williams. It's funny you said that because Gabe Davis is everything that we thought Mike, everything we want Mike, uh, Mike Williams to be. Yep. Yep. Where are you guys? Yep. And then the last, uh, you know, this is supposed to be a top 10 rookie podcast and we're going to get there. I mean, promise you. So stick around. But the other player I was dying to ask you about is Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going to be a hot name because of he won people fantasy leagues. So the fourth round draft capital lions, those are the things going against him, but all logic defied. Where are you guys going to be on Amon Ross St. Brown moving forward? He's right ahead of that group. We just talked about uh, in the, in the top 30. And that's the guy that I would compare. You'd say, all right, you want a Monra or you want Gabe Davis. I would take Gabe Davis because I know that the situation is only going to continue to get better for Gabe Davis. He's going to be the number two next year. Clear cut after this game. It's pretty obvious. Should have been this year. They should have been doing it all year. Whereas Amon Ross St. Brown, he ended the season as the number one target. Swift was banged up. Hawkinson was banged up. They don't have a receiver. They haven't drafted the receiver yet. That that slot is still open, and I guarantee you they're going to draft a receiver with one of those first three picks in the top 40. Guaranteed. Is it going to be Traylon Burks, Alpha, George Pickens, Alpha? Like, Amon Ross St. Brown's not going to be the number one option in this offense for long. I do like Amon Ross St. Brown, but you cannot expect that same production for the rest of time just because he did it for six weeks. Six weeks was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But the situation's not going to get any better for Amon Ross St. Brown from a target um, standpoint. Yeah. And I like that a lot. And yeah, it's, he's still a good dynasty asset and uh, over you guys were higher on him. You thought he was, uh, I remember uh, listening to a couple of your podcasts where you were expecting him to go possibly as high as like the mid second round. I mean, yeah, the Rams have to be sick to their stomach, taking two, two Atwell ahead of someone like that. Right. I mean, that was two round difference. So anyway, let's okay. Do you have a closing thought? Cause I want to get into the, the rookie running backs a little bit. No, you're good. I was just going to say, like, exactly. You, you hit the nail right on the head with that. Like, I, I we like him on Ron St. Brown. There's nothing wrong with him. It's just a situation. Yeah. Swift is going to get his. Hawkinson's going to get his. And they're going to bring in an alpha. It's going to. And Josh Reynolds even didn't look bad. And I think they're probably going to bring him back. So it's like the situation is just not as peachy as you'd want it to be. Whereas you got Josh Allen out here. He's just going to be throwing double handed bombs to Diggs and Gabe Davis all next year and the next two years. So I'm, I'm, I prefer Gabe Davis. I, I was having this debate with my wife last night because she, you know, she loves fantasy football. She's she's definitely more she's more than a casual player, but she was watching this game. She's like, "Can I draft this Gabe Davis in like the fifth or sixth round next year?" I was like, "Yeah, you can in redraft in redraft." I mean, I go that's early, but I no, I wouldn't like tell you you're wrong for doing that. I, I that's that's the thing is you're going to see a lot of these guys. We saw last year with uh, Leonard Fournette where the if he just comes up in the playoffs. You, I thought it was going to happen with Cam Akers until the couple fumbles yesterday. Yeah, but yeah. The continued growth through the playoffs is really what spikes these uh, redraft uh, draft slot p- selections. So you can see yeah. Gabe David jumping up there and being in that in that sixth, fifth, sixth round. I, I wouldn't. It's I wouldn't early. It's early. Yeah. But like, if we were doing a best ball tomorrow, like, and someone did it, I'd be like, "All right." It's not like I, I wouldn't call them an idiot. You know, I would just be like, "Okay, that's a little earlier than I thought it was going to happen." So. It, it wouldn't be egregious, yeah. Right, yep. All right, let's talk about the rookie running backs. All right, let's start. Is Brees Hall the the one one in single quarterback leagues? Brees Hall is the one oh one in single quarterback leagues. And it's either one one in super yeah, in superflex too. <laughs> is that what you're gonna say? That's that's kind of where I was going with it. Was that we've been doing a lot of mock drafts over here. If you want to jump into mock drafts, just email me Cody at Roto Underworld because we're doing a lot of mock drafts for rookies yep. and for startups, but um yeah, it's it's right now. It's between Brees. You get a little corral. You get a little picket. And Burks has even jumped into a couple of these rookie mocks in the one on one spot. It's crazy because like we talked about before the quarterback class is not on that that extreme level. So people are like, "Well, I know what I'm getting in Brees Hall. Click the button." 
Brees Hall, by the way, is the uh, he's from Iowa State. What are his measurables? Uh, is he a big running back? Is he the pro? Is he a three down? Like, ta- uh, just give his basic profile there. And is he uh, what's who's his best comparable at this point? Six one, two twenty, back to back, fifteen hundred yards last year, fourteen hundred yards this year, twenty plus touchdowns easy last two years, sophomore junior season. As a freshman at Iowa State, he had nine hundred yards on the ground, twenty three receptions. Finished top ten in the Heisman each of the last two seasons. Um, there's there's not a lot to hate about Brees Hall at all. Uh, he's slow slow motion shiftiness. I I compared it to like a Michael Turner. Remember him from the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, Michael yeah. Turner running style. He almost has that. Almost has that Adrian Adrian Peterson level breakaway speed. Doesn't quite doesn't quite have it. Uh, but for me, it's a pretty clear cut number one guy in this class. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So I, I have the second pick in a couple of my important dynasty leagues, and I, I wonder what the narrative is going to be because I want Hall as of right now. Obviously, landing spot's going to be pretty important too. Um, which NFL teams, the, who are the top three or four NFL teams that you think are ready for plug-and-play rookie running backs as of right now? I know free agency will change a few things. Right now, the teams I was looking at was the Arizona Cardinals, um, obviously, Edmonds and Connor are both free agents. Tampa Bay, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's the only guy on the roster right now. Falcons, we saw what they did with Cordero Patterson. Do they continue to do that? Do they bring somebody in that they can give 300, 300 carries to? Uh, that's probably like the main three that I'd be looking at right now. Okay, I like that. Uh, and none of these running backs are going to be like get pushed up like Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Do you? What's the soonest you think someone like Hall can get drafted in the real NFL draft? The soonest, I would say. I mean, the soonest I would bet on if you if you're going to say a complete cap would be probably that 38 spot with the Jets. But I, again, we talked about Michael Carter before. I don't, I don't, I don't see them going after a running back this year. 43, Atlanta sitting there at 43. Okay. So second round though, second round. Yeah, no, yeah, it's going to be mid to late second. My mock, I don't have somebody going until 56. So. Yeah, that's uh, smart. That's, though. The, that's the area. All right. So number two, your number two running back is it Spiller? My number two running back is Spiller. Yes. Okay. So Isaiah Spiller, Texas A and M. Start with the measurables and give me your breakdown of him. He's, he's great. He's patient. He's he reminds me he'll, his uh he reminds me of his running style being like a Le'Veon Bell. You remember Le'Veon? Ooh. He kind of gets the ball. He patient. He puts his hand on the back of the offensive line, and he, he looks to see where he's going. He's another big but big guy, 6'1", 215. He's just I, – I don't think he's going to have the speed. I think he's going to come in in those high four fives, which I'm not going to love, but 1,000 yards each the last two seasons, almost 1,000 as a, as a freshman at Texas A&M. He's not far behind Brees Hall, but I, I still have Brees Hall as a, a clear number one. He runs a little upright. He's not going to be able to pull away from many people at all, but he's got that patience and he's got the eyes of Le'Veon Bell. Can he catch the football? Great, great at pass catching. 29, 20, and 25 receptions each of the last three seasons. I mean, people are going to hear that name Spiller, and obviously their mind is going to go to pass catching running back CJ Spiller right away. I mean, there was a, there, Spiller was probably a disappointment from a career perspective, but when he was on, man, you know, so I, obviously, you know, these, I'm just conflating the two names. They have nothing to do with each other. All right. So who's your, who's your number three running back uh, for the 22 class? Number three right now, a lot of people, and again, in this, there is some people that have Spiller number one. And then Kenneth Walker finished sixth in the Heisman this year. He was in like Kenneth Walker out of out of Michigan State. Yeah, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. He finished sixth in the Heisman this year, and he was projected to be like number one, two throughout most of the season. Kenneth Walker transferred from Wake Forest to Michigan State after his sophomore season at Wake Forest, five hundred seventy nine yards each of freshman and sophomore year, only three receptions. And then this year he explodes for two hundred sixty four carries, sixteen hundred yards and eighteen touchdowns, only thirteen receptions. That's what he looks like. The problem with Kenneth Walker to me is he's going to run the four sixes too. He looks like he's pulling the plow when he's running, stuck in the mud, change of direction, great tackle breaker, but can he catch? We don't know. They just didn't use him there. Devin Singletary plus, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it with Kenneth Walker. I like him, but I just I can't fall in love with him. He just doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the pull away, and there's just not a lot in the passing game that we've seen. Can he do it? Maybe, but they just haven't forced him to do it. You know, it's funny that you made that comparison to Devin Singletary plus. Now, if we would have had this conversation a year ago, I would have gone, ugh. But now I'm having that conversation going, okay, okay. Devin Singletary, 
you know, he is all the Bills have tried to do is marginalize him. But over the last month and a half of the season into into the playoffs, he has gone back. Like I'm going to be comfortable taking him in the you know what we called the RB dead zone last year. Like if you go early wide receiver, like he is, I'm perfectly happy in the fifth and sixth round of redraft leagues to take Singletary just based on team context and and what I've seen. You know, it's not like a oh my god, I'm so happy to get him pick. So all right now, so. These first three running backs that you talked about, rookie running backs, you talked about Brees Hall, Iowa State, Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, and Kenneth Walker, Michigan State. Are these guys a tier among themselves, or where's that tier split? The tier for me is Brees Hall and Spiller. Then there's a tier there. I think that's where it should be for a lot of people. For me, it's Brees, tier, Spiller, tier, Walker. I think they're in three different tiers, honestly, which sounds kind of weird, but I think they're in three different tiers of talent and uh, upside and stuff like that, but I think it's Spiller Hall, then Walker. So people love the running backs in these drafts, right? Are, where, where do you think uh, your top-rated running back, Brees Hall, you talked the 1-1. I mean, are there any receivers, and we'll get to the receivers in a minute, that should be considered uh, uh, ahead of him? Or is he is the running back, is he that good enough compared to this class where he is definitely going to be the first pick in your mock dra- in your rookie drafts? Yeah, I would say Brees Hall is pretty the clear cut running back one, unless we see like obviously a spiller. If he goes top forty, he probably jumps him for a lot of people, kind of like how Clyde did. Uh, at, at receiver, though, I think it's Burks, and the only other guy that I see that could jump up past him would be Olave if Olave runs in the four threes and he gets drafted the top fifteen. But it's Burks for me and Hall. But I don't think Burks goes one on one over Brees Hall. Well, the the reason I ask that is because. Every year, I mean, just look down all your ADP for your past drafts, and everybody always pushes those running backs up. We love running backs in dynasty fantasy football because they can their plug and play production. Sometimes yeah. with receiver, we have to wait. But you famously, when it was not a uh, not a popular opinion, even put it as your Twitter header profile: Jamar Chase 1.01 in that crazy pen writing that's probably still up there. i'm right the last time i looked it was still up there a, a, a couple of days ago that's been up there for like gotta be a year i bet i was trying to go back and find the tweet where i originally put it on there but i couldn't but yeah i put that up about a year ago and I yeah couldn't so, even remember why i did it but i just it was like conviction i guess I mean, even in super flex drafts, knowing what we know now, if we could redraft our rookie drafts, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Chase would be the 101. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about with you, Cody. I, I what was it about Chase? So we're talking about rookies, so we're gonna, you know, there's these guys are technically still rookies. What was it about Chase, even sitting out the COVID year, that made you think that he should be taken ahead of even Trevor Lawrence? It was just like I don't, I don't remember exactly why that even paper got even put up there, but I just remember getting sick of, like, everyone putting him down. Like, oh, he skipped last year. Oh, he's not doing this. Oh, he's not running. Oh, he's not – you know, he's, he's, he's dropping the ball. Oh, it's like all this stuff. And when you rewind a year, you're like, put the dude on the field and throw him the ball. Some people are just gamers. Some people just – you just can't stop them. And, and a guy like Jamar Chase – and you can even bring it back to playing with Justin Jefferson, but just that talent – and just that dog and that tenacity, it's just too clear and too apparent. You can't ignore that. Making him one-on-one, was that a little hot, I think, at the time? Yeah, I think that was a little hot. But, man, it was, and again, it was like the Devonta – remember when Devonta Smith was getting put up there in the number one spot? Like, not the number one overall spot, but the number one wide receiver spot. People are like, oh, what about Jalen Waddle? And it was like, man, I just – what are we doing here? This is so clear that he's the best receiver in this class. People are actually talking about it. It's like – just, yeah. just draft and be happy. Yeah, sometimes we we overthink it, and that's the uh, the blessing and the curse of of studying rookies all year long, of doing dynasty content. We get bored with our own takes, and then we have to switch to these hot takes. But that's what I like about you is your your sober takes because you're 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 looking at the film, you're using your analytics, but you're also just using logic and sense. And I I, I have to say that that's a leak in my game that I have tried to fix over the last two seasons is not making emotional judgments. And again, you know, we talk about like with dynasty rankings moving forward, you know, there's going to be a big Justin Jefferson versus Jamar Chase debate. And it's, it doesn't, it's not really a debate. It's just like they're tier one, you know, it's like whatever one you want. And then there's, 
the next tier. So that's where I'm thinking is I'm getting more into tier rankings than I am into uh, player rankings, which, you know, that's not a new concept at all. All right. So running back rankings, let's finish this up. Who's a running back that is being undervalued right now? And obviously everything changes team. I'm not going to caveat that every time, but who's somebody that's not being ranked in the top five that you think could shoot up the board as the process moves along. Um, at running back, I think Jerome Ford, I don't think he's getting considered top five right now. I think he could move he's, up. He's the running back out of Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jerome Ford running back out of Cincinnati transfer from Alabama. Again, 5'11, 215 transfer from Bama goes for 1300 this year. 21 receptions. Uh, James Cook, uh, brother, younger brother of Dalvin Cook out of Georgia. Mm. Uh, great receiving back, probably the second best receiving back in this entire class. But he's 20 pounds lighter than his brother. That's where it's going to come in. He's going to be a complete satellite back. But if I had to really dig down, really dig down deep, it's probably going to be more of a, a Kevin Harris who was top five last year, fell off a little bit. I think he has room to grow back up. And then you're looking at these big guys, these Abram Smith and Tyler Algier from BYU, Abram Smith running back from Baylor. Both these guys played linebacker, moved over 1,600-yard seasons this year. Both these guys, I think, have a lot of room to grow up, and one of them is going to end up being in that top six, top seven, I think, by the end of all be all. Yeah, it's uh, you know one of one of the biggest advantages that year-round fantasy football analysts have is that we have all of this. You know, we've done the research early, and then sometimes some of our league mates want to do these drafts in August, and they've all caught up. So you yeah. know, it's I, I this I start get, I'm getting chills in my back as you're as you're talking about this stuff. I guess that's how you know that we're we're passionate about it is because uh, you know who else could talk about football in January? It's it's funny we live in this dynasty world. This is, comes back to just what we both do now for a living. It's we forget that there's a normal world of a lot of people who just, you know, they pick up their magazine or whatever in the end of August and they just read it through. But I don't know, man, I, I love this stuff. So I get that's why I have a big smile on my face talking to you. All right, let's move over to the wide receiver position. You talked about Alave. Do you I mean, let's just just give me your and just zip right through it. Then I want to analyze them. Who are your top five wide receivers in order as of right now, late January? Traylon Burks, Arkansas wide receiver, big guy, 6'3", probably going to come in 225 and run the 4'4s. He's a tank. Uh, he's number one, pretty clear cut. Then there's a tier breakdown to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, out of, both out of Ohio State. I have both those guys side by side right there. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be the better pro wide receiver. Chris Olave is going to run fast, and he's a great route runner. But I think the alpha tendencies lean more towards Garrett Wilson than they do with Chris what, Olave. What's Wilson's size and all that? Uh, they're both right at six foot, about two hundred pounds. Six foot one ninety. They're both going to come in right at the same same butt area. Uh, but again, like I talked about this a couple weeks ago on the future cast, was Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave teammates in college. It reminded me the situation of the Odell Landry thing. Mm. I think Olave is going to be like a Landry possession receiver, fast route running genius, and then Garrett Wilson just has those alpha tendencies, those superstar. Uh, superstar tendencies that Odell Beckham has. That's kind of like, I'm not saying they're both going to be that good, as good as Landry and Odell, but that's the tendencies that each of these guys bring. George Pickens at four out of Georgia. Big guy, 6'3", 220. Tours ACL uh, last spring. Came back, played the last couple games for Georgia, win the national championship. And then David Bell, who we're higher on than consensus, out of Purdue, 6'2", 215. Teammate of Rondell Moore, arguably better. A lot of people have close compared him to a Rashad Bateman. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, that's that's where we're sitting in the top five right now. Yeah, that's a good top five right there. I like that. Uh, it'll be interesting. And team context will play part in moving these guys around obviously the elite tier is still going to be the elite tier i mean nobody was was moving jamar chase off of the top three right i mean even if he had gone to a you know yeah. a, a quarterback situation that was poor uh who do you think who are the and then we talked about this earlier who are the top three or four teams that are the most needy of a wide receiver and wide receiver is not often about just hey we need a wide receiver it's what type of a wide receiver do we need right so in your judgment which teams picking in the top 15 are most likely to take a wide receiver. So I don't have anybody in the top 15 taking a receiver right now, but you have the Eagles sitting there at 15. I think they could go after one, even the Falcons. I don't think at eight, they should do it, but they can move back a couple spots and do it. Uh, anybody in the top 10, I don't think anybody in the top 10 is going to take a wide receiver. 17, I think is where you're going to start seeing it happen. I think the Chargers sitting there, Mike Williams is going to become a free agent. I think they go receiver. I think the Raiders need to go receiver. The Detroit Lions, obviously, at 27, need to go receiver. I think that's the tier you're looking at between 50, probably that 17 and 32 is where you're going to see probably five of these guys go off the board. So your number one receiver, Burks, where would you rank him amongst the rookies that we just saw? I mean, like, would he, you know, to Jamar Chase, to Waddle, to Devontae Smith, where does he pair up as a prospect with those three guys? I would have him ahead of Bateman, probably. I would have him right in that Bateman area. Um so like four or five? Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know. So I had Chase last year. I had Bateman at two for About the longest two. time, and then I kind of moved him down a little bit. But I'd have him personally ahead of Devonta Smith. I think he's got to be right there. If you're talking right now, it's Chase, Waddle, Bateman. I would say, and I would put him right ahead of Bateman in there. Uh, I've seen some some Drake London hype, the wide receiver out of USC. What could you tell us about him? Drake London is. He's a he's a big guy. He's 6'5", 210, 1,000 yards this year, 500 each of the last two years before that. He, Ray GQ, my man Ray G uh, over at FTN, he's the man. He is a Fam- big Famously, Famously uh, highlighted Elijah Mitchell. Hey, yes, famously highlighted Elijah Mitchell. That was a big one that we hit on last year. And mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, so he thinks Drake London's the best wide receiver to come out of USC since Marquise Lee. For those that remember how good Marquise Lee was, that's saying something because there's been a lot of receivers come out of USC the last few years, but he likes Drake London a lot. And he actually liked Amon Ross St. Brown a lot more than a lot of people last year. So he's really high on Drake London myself. I'm not as high. He's coming off a broken ankle. I think he's going to miss a little bit of this process, but I do have him right there. I think at six. Okay. I, I like that too. And then I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked you about the running backs. Who right now, and I promised I wouldn't caveat, but I will, the process still needs to play out. Senior Bowl is going to change a lot of things. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the, the the combine changes some stuff. But who's being a little undervalued right now as early rankings come out? Someone we should keep an eye on to move into the top six or seven. So D- David Bell, we already talked about him. I have him at yeah. five. 
a lot of people have him in the 8, 9, 10, 11 area. I think he's going to be one that gets moved up through the process. A guy that we have in the top 10 already is Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. I think he's severely underrated. Redshirt sophomore out of Western Michigan coming out early, 5'10", 195. He's special. He is special. Um, when you start looking further down the rankings here, Christian Watson's a guy in North Dakota State that's way down here. We have him at 15, 6'5", 210. is going to run the 4'4", North Dakota State. Obviously a run front school. Run, 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 run. But he still goes for 700-plus yards. Um that's that's probably where we're at. Jahan Dotson is going to be the best guy at the Senior Bowl. I'm going to talk about him on Friday in the future cast. But Jahan Dotson is going to be should be the clear cut guy at the Senior Bowl. And being that, he could be one of the biggest risers over the next month because he's going to be in the national stage. I have him right now at seven, but a lot of people have him right at that eight, nine, ten area. He could be the one the guy that jumps up into the top five and has a conversation with Chris Olave, who I have at three right now. Love that. That's a, that's, I, I just, again, just hearing these guys' names. I've been doing my bit. This is where I'm starting my, my rookie study. So my rookie study starts with talking to you, you know, and by, by a month from now, I expect to be, expect to be up to speed. Uh, we have a guy over at Rotowire too, uh, Mario Puig and John McKegney. Those guys, they're, they're college football fiends. They're watching all year long. So uh, they're, they're I'm, I'm looking forward to their first uh, set of breakdowns as well. And they have a podcast in the Rotowire fantasy football feed every Thursday as well, all season long. A little plug for those guys who, who did such a great job. All right, tight ends. All right, just first of all, I want your your first thoughts on the tight end position. Is this a tight end year? Describe it. Is it top heavy? Do we have a superstar? Is it deep? Or is it just like, yeah, a bunch of guys? Who do we got there? You're pointing up for those listening on the here on the uh, audio cast. Who is that right there, number 85, flexing in their background? For the, for the video audience, right behind my head here, we got Trey McBride, tight end, Colorado State. Tight end, Colorado State, 255 pounds, 6'5", amazing body control. Catch radius is ridiculous. He's a yak monster. He's bigger than George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson. So what is his, has, what's his size? What, how big is he, and what's he uh, weigh? 6'5", 255 he's going to come at. So he's bigger than Kittle and Hawkinson. And I did not like typing this, but I put a bigger Kittle slash Hawkinson mix because he has the yak ability of Kittle, but he has the running style, the receiving style, all that stuff of Hawkinson. It's like you mix them together. And he's 10 pounds heavier. He's a playmaker. He's a clear number one for me. It, it scares me writing that because you hate to put those big numbers on guys or these big names on rookies, right? You hate to say, oh, you know, Kyle well, Pitts is going to be this. But like Trey McBride – is not on Kyle Pitts's level, but from a talent perspective and an intangibles perspective, he's a playmaker, yak ability, amazing body control, catch race. He has it all for tight end. Yeah, the reason that you don't do those things that were that you leave yourself exposed to, yeah. um, to to fair criticism. Hey, I thought you said this instead of, but it also has the opposite effect. When you say, "Hey, this guy is Marquise Lee," everyone thinks you know those who play fantasy football say. Marquise Lee sucked. They didn't realize how good yeah. he was at, at USC, right? That he was like a superstar at USC. So let's get back to McBride. This interests me. Is he a first round real NFL tight end, or is that just a little too bold at this point of the process? No, I don't think he's going to. I don't think we're going to have any tight ends in the first round this year. Uh, early in the process, Jalen Weidermeyer, tight end out of Texas AM, was getting projected up to about the 19th pick, was as high as I saw him go. Right now we're looking at the the mid forties, the the mid fifties for the first tight end to go off the board, and I think it's going to end up being Trey McBride, the Mackey Award winner out of Colorado State. Oh, he was the Mackey Award. Okay, that's good. And that's that Mackey Award for those of you is the best tight end in college football. That's who yep. gets it every year. All right, how would you slot him in? Knowing you know, obviously be, this is what we know now about Pat Fryermuth. You guys loved him over at Player Profiler. You you'd. Uh, said that on one of your podcasts, he would be the tight end one in almost any class in the last half decade, except the one with Kyle Pitts. <laughs> so yep. where would you slot McBride in uh, versus Fryermuth? Is, is he a better prospect or is he, you know, sort that out for me. McBride. Yeah. I would put him in. He's in that same echelon, the same tier uh, as far as a prospect coming out. I think he's a little better than Fryermuth was. Um, he's going to be more athletic uh, more catch radius, and he's more fluid with his body than Fryermuth was. And Fryermuth, there's another guy down here. I got him at number five that reminded me of Fryermuth. Uh, but I think I think he's going to come in. He's a better Who's prospect. Who do you have? Who's your fifth? Uh, Jake Ferguson, wide receiver. Or Jake, Ferguson, Jake Ferguson, tight end out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin, right? Okay. Yeah, he did. He didn't get a lot of 
usage. It was like 30 receptions, 30 receptions, 300 yards, 400 yards every year. But again, it's Wisconsin. They run the ball 500 times a year. Versatile, boring player when you watch him, but he makes the catch. He does the requisite work. First down, touchdown, hand the ball to the ref. And I wrote down literally my comp was patfryermuth.com because that's what it is. It's literally Pat Fryermuth. We turn it on. Everything from the intangibles, the mentals, the physicals, to handing the ball to the ref, to just doing the dirty work. Anytime I see Iowa State tight ends come out and they're projected in the top five or six, I'm always interested just because they have a long history, a long pedigree of, of, produ- of NFL production. I mean, George Kittle, obviously, right? Uh, who are some of the other mo- recent Iowa – before we get to this player, for it's Charlie Kohler, right? Is that how you say it? It's Charlie Kohler? Char- Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State, yes. Yeah. So who are some of the other recent Iowa State tight ends? Just to give the audience a little feel. We have George Kittle. Who else has come out of Iowa State recently? We got George Kittle, um, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, all out of Iowa. Uh, but that is, I will say this, I don't, I don't want to you know, th- throw a little on the road, but Iowa and Iowa State are a little, they're, they're just across the street from each other. That's Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and... They're uh, Iowa, right? Fant and Hawkinson were Iowa. Yeah, and this Same is Iowa team. State. Right, this is Iowa this State. Is, there's something in the water in Iowa. That's, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. really my point. Not necessarily the school itself, but something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just, you know, those corn eating, brick laying, you know, just like tough workmen. Uh, and so where did George Kittle go to school? He was Iowa? Kittle, Kittle was Iowa. Fant was Iowa. Hawkinson was Iowa. Okay. But so again, like you said, though, the same process, though, the corn fed guys, Kohler, Chase Allen's another guy that's going to come out next year from Iowa State with Charlie Kohler. The both these guys, this is like, you know, Iowa the last five years. Now it's Iowa State that's going to come through its tight end. So y- your process is there. Okay. Again, it's anecdotal. It's not analytical at all. It's just kind of like a fun thing. But anytime I just see that, I just, I just take notice. So I wanted to ask you about him. Do you have him in your top four or five tight ends, uh, Charlie Kohler? I have him right at six, but I think he has room to grow. I think he's going to be down at the senior bowl. So I think uh, I just like the upside that Jake Ferguson brings. And there's a couple more athletes that I have at three and four. But I have Charlie Kohler right at six. He's a dangerous red zone magnet. He can run almost every route, great body control, but he's not the athlete that the top three guys are in my list. Um, think think like a, a Kyle Rudolph. Think that's what I was that's what I kind of and Kyle Rudolph was great. He was productive like for fantasy for stiff, sure. Yeah, he he had a number of top ten seasons in fantasy, right. but he's just a stiff uh red zone target. You know, he's he's not gonna do a lot after the catch. That's that's the main thing. And again, if you're in these two tight end leagues, if you're in tight end premium leagues, all of the tight ends get drafted. It's almost impossible to trade for them because when you have one of these tight ends, especially the top seven or eight, nobody wants to trade them away for a you know positional player, another positional player, unless you're talking about a quarterback. And they're just you know you're just playing the waiver wire, trying to get a, a Jeff Swaim type at best. So that's why I think it's important to identify some of these players now because tight ends. They usually take a few years, most of them, to get up to speed, and then there's disappointments along the way, like someone like Irv Smith, okay, high pedigree player, couple years, no no production like we've expected, now an injury. Where are you going to be on someone like Irv Smith coming back? Would you rather have one of these rookies, or would you rather have a high pedigree player, second-round pick like Irv Smith? It's funny you say that because I love Irv Smith, but that whole regime, obviously in Minnesota, we'll talk about that another day, with everybody moving out, the whole process, do they continue to build the team like they have? But there's actually another rookie, Isaiah Likely, that reminded me of Irv Smith, Brevin Jordan, that same exact prototype. So I might actually take Isaiah Likely at value over a guy like Irv Smith. Isaiah Likely, tight end out of Coastal Carolina, former wide receiver. I really like him. And he reminded me just of that Irv Smith with burst. He's a bouncy, legit, yak guy. He's... NFL teams like it. That's the biggest thing. But where do I have Irv Smith? I, I don't think you can go far away from him. I think you just have to sit there, trust the process. I think he's going to be in that Cole Komet, that uh, Higby area. I, I don't. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough out here though, because it, it just it really depends on what Minnesota does with the entire organization in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And Tyler Conklin, he's a free agent, I believe, or at least um, yep. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the type of guy that a team brings back, right? At at, at a friendly salary, and he proved that he's certainly going to be part of the game plan. If he does, Kirk Cousins is going to be there. So I'm not as high on Irv Smith as the field, but I understand why people are, uh, especially since his price has been depressed. All right. I asked you this question about each of the other positions. Who are the top 
two or three teams that could use a tight end and you wouldn't be surprised if they take one in round two or three. I, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, will it, will a team take a tight end the first couple of rounds? Maybe like we'd see the giants probably need one. The, Gi- the giants could be the first team that pulls the trigger on a Trey McBride, a Jalen Weidermeyer, the Vikings. If they don't bring back uh, Tyler Conklin, they could bring, bring like a, a big guy like a Trey McBride, a Jalen Weidermeyer. I think they were missing that feature because Irv and Conklin are in that same body type. They're missing that Rudolph type guy and McBride Weidermeyer can bring that to the table. I think that'd be the two, then probably the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans probably need to add somebody back in there. You can see that was kind of a missing need in that offense with John Smith gone this year. So that's probably the three teams I'd focus on. I'm here with Cody Carpentier from Player Profiler. We're talking about the top 10 rookies for your dynasty fantasy football draft. We've talked about the, the quarterbacks. Uh, we've talked a little bit about running backs, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, I want to switch over a little bit to strategy right now. So how many dynasty leagues are you in right now? 22. Yeah. I mean, uh, how many are they all managed leagues or how many of them are best ball or what's your split there? Those are all, those are all managed leagues. Best ball is an entirely different. Isn't it funny? I don't even count my best ball ones either. When someone asks me, I only talk about managed leagues. I've hit the point where I'm at 30 dynasty leagues and it's too much. And I don't like to join the dynasty league and shed them. So I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm gutting it out, but my life was miserable with these, 30 leagues because especially this year where you had to like, Oh, this person last minute, you don't know which league you have, which guy. And other than like your six or eight favorite ones, right? How do you, yep. how are you managing all these leagues? Cause I need, I need some advice here. I've done a lot of different things from Excel sheets to there's been a couple <laughs> different apps, like the, the, the uh, roster ship thing that there's a website out there called like roster ship or something. That's like how I try to do. It. I kind of try to look at every team the same. I got these, I literally have a four by eight whiteboard, four foot by eight foot whiteboard that I draw things out on in the off season and try to build my team how I want it. Kind of my plan, what I'm going to do. All right, this team has no quarterbacks. What's my goal? What's my target for this? Is this team even going to compete this year? But I think Excel sheets are probably the easiest way I do it. And that's, you literally just have to go team by team by team by team and commit. And the, the biggest thing I think people have the problem with is committing to a tactic like this year. My team is not going to win the championship. So even if I start 3-0, and I know my team doesn't have the gas to last all season. Commit to knowing I'm not going to tank, but get yourself in that top end of the rookie pro- the top end of the rookie drafts. Make the requisite trades. You know, trade the old guys when you can. Take advantage of those situations. But if you know you're in, go all the way in. That's the one thing is go all the way in or be all the way out. That's been my number one goal in every league I've done. The last yeah, I don't, seasons. And, and that that's definitely a sharp dynasty strategy. Here's my problem with it. I don't have the stomach. I always have this, like I look in the mirror sometimes and I, and I'm, again, this is the proverbial mirror, not the real mirror, the real mirror. I know I'm a horrible looking human being, but in the proverbial dynasty mirror, I always somehow eh, this, I tell myself a story how this team could just scrap into the playoffs and then I could just get lucky. And obviously, that's a long shot, even with a good team. You're, you're, you're not a favorite against the field to win a dynasty league. So what do you feel about, like, if your team is middle of the road, about using, like, you know what I like to do is I like to look at DFS pricing. Who are the DFS guys like? And I got this strategy from a colleague of mine named Kevin O'Brien, who does a great podcast, or hopefully he'll start doing it, the dynasty, fantasy football engineer. And he talks about just using, like, who the DFS guys like as the cheap $3,000 guy and then putting those guys in your lap and just playing it week to week rather than year to year. Any merit to I that? I don't hate that process at all. I think if, if the biggest thing I, um, and I think that right there goes a lot towards redraft, right? Because in redraft, you're always trying to win. And I've kind of brought over some of that into the dynasty realm where it's like, people are always like, well, I'm building for 2024. And it's like, yeah, but no, <laughs> those but guys no, never like, win. Those guys never I, win. I know I, I've got a couple leagues in this year that, I went balls to the wall in 2019, 2020, and I got really close. I'm talking; these were a couple 70 team leagues, 56 teams leagues, and I got close. I got my money, you know, I made whatever, I made money, right? But then I was like, all right, this team's done, and I sent it, and I was like, I got everything in, and I finished bottom five this year because I knew I didn't have anything that was gonna and trade everybody out, trade everybody out. But I still hit on these guys. I still hit on uh, these random receivers, like you just said, weekly that had good matchups, had good matchups, and then you could flip them, Dynasty. 
have good matchups, have good matchups, score 20, 25 points. And people are like, ooh, you found him. And then you flip him, right? Instead of having these other guys buy him in free agency, you just get him ahead of time. I mean, that's that's a good tactic, I guess. But to no, win a not, championship, you're, you're not, not a good championship, yeah, I don't think, doing that. It's not a good tactic. It's just, I, you know, like I said, I have a problem that I just, I cannot let these guys who I, dislike on a sports level. Obviously I like them personally just beat up on me every week in some of these leagues. So I just, I figure out a way, you know, and then eventually once I'm like, you know, like I said, two and six, I'm like, all right, it's, it's over. It's over. Or, you know, I start off three and oh, and then I'm three and seven before when I blink an eye. So you're, you're right. I just needed to express this. And we, are you going to do more startups this year? Do you see, even though you know, it's not good for your long-term health, do you see yourself do it getting at least in one or two more startups this year? Yeah, I'll probably hit the button. I'll yep. probably hit the button a couple more times. I just and I, and I didn't even like I've said I said earlier in the pod, but we're doing a lot of mock drafts over here, and and I'm doing like four or five mock drafts a week, rookie and startup, and I'll still end up doing it. like that's not going to fulfill my my right, needs. It's because mocks, yeah, well, because mocks are like you know it's fun to do, but people take risks that they would not, they're a little more cavalier because there's no stake in the game. And that's, that's what's so great about, you know, redraft best ball is that remember like when you used to do mock drafts, getting ready for your drafts, like some idiot would take Tim Debo, pick 1.1 and then run out the door that at least when there's a, right. Of course, everyone hates that. But when you have like a $3 redraft uh, best ball or a $5, at least there's stake in the game. Oh, you want to do that? That's fine. I'll take my $28 at the end of the year because you, you know, you screw that up. All right. A couple things here. I have changed dynasty strategies a few times, and that's fine. You know, in startups, let's talk about super flex startups here. What's going to be your strategy? Um, are you still taking QBs early? Are you wide receiver? Like, what's going to be the, your predominant strategy for the 22 season in a brand new startup? Let's just say where rookies are in it, but you know, rookie picks, because we don't know where the rookies are. So if you're doing a startup today that has rookie picks in there, you could draft rookie picks. What's going to be your first two or three round strategy? If I don't get one of the top running backs, so right away, my goal is going to be get a Taylor, get a, get a Swift, get a Javante, a Gibson and acres, get one of those five guys. In the first round. In the first round, yeah. Get one of those five guys in the first round, even in Superflex. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be just looking at value at quarterback because I'm fine waiting on a quarterback all the way down to the Mac Jones, the the Cousins. I'm fine waiting to that area, even getting a guy like a like a, a 104 rookie pick because you can turn that into a picket or a corral. One of these guys is going to have a starting job, right? And they're going to get – if it's Carolina or it's Pittsburgh, they're going to be in a good spot. You can – you know you have that to fall back on. But I'm going to take a running back early, try to get a second one before the first five rounds, maybe a quarterback, and then I'm going to hammer receiver as much as possible and, and just take value. Value is the number one thing, I think, in a lot of these early, early startup drafts that you do in, in March, April. Yeah, I think you hit on something important. So if you're doing a dynasty draft or dynasty startup draft and by the way you can check out all of cody's rankings on player profiler and they have uh they have all of their dynasty content there which i think is if it's not the best it's some of it's right up there on the mount everest of dynasty content i i'm i look at it all the time it helps shape my opinion you know you guys do it amazing and we're trying to bring that same sensibility with our own seasoning to rotowire with our dynasty rankings which are just been updated by the way and you can see all our stuff right now free rotowire.com forward slash try for 10 days but as i was saying is uh from a from a strategy perspective i think that's the biggest mistake people make is that they just say oh i need a wide receiver let me take a wide receiver instead of just taking the best player available understanding that you could probably dynasty leagues there's trades that happen unlike redraft leagues where trades are very rare trades happen in dynasty leagues so if the next best player is a tight end it's okay take that player you can get a dollar 10 dollar 15 you may not get a dollar 50 so i like what you said there take value at every turn again i just saying this we're going through mocks one of these mocks I just finished up, Superflex, 110 is where I started at. Najee Harris, Gibson, come back in the third round. Stafford, DJ Moore, come back. Derrick Henry, Mike Evans. Derrick Henry, people might be like, oh, why'd you do that? But fifth round, stable, three three running backs for next season, Harris, Gibson, and uh, yeah. Henry. So, And then you hammer wide receiver after that. I'm cool. Sta- like, Come on, Stafford right there, th- th- third round. And then after that, you just hammer wide receiver, and that's kind of be my tactic. Value, value, value. Love that. All right. I'm here with Cody Carpentier. Uh, you can get all of his links. I'm going to put them in the video description below. Uh, you can get them on Twitter 
at Carpentier NFL, C-A-R-P-E-N-T-I-E-R NFL. By the way, so cool that an analyst has tier in their name. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that a million times. Actually, no. Actually, no, because everyone pronounces the name wrong. Carpenter, what are they? Oh, Carpenter. Carpenter, Carpentier, and they don't put it together. It's like it's literally so easy. It's car, it's pen, and it's tier one. Like you think about the rankings, tier one rankings, and they're like, they don't, they nobody ever. It, you're the first. You're literally the first one to ever put that together. And I'm oh so my god, it's the first thing. I, it's the it's the first thing. I, that's your brand, man. It's like you put together tiers. I mean, that's it. It's uh, it, it's it's kind of like DeAndre Swift. Imagine you know, imagine he wasn't. He's fast. DeAndre Swift is fast. It's like perfect name for him, right? Damn, I can't believe you just did that. That's pretty awesome. Nobody, literally, I talk about this with my fiance all the time. It's like, God, these people just pronounce my damn name wrong. Oh, look, you're talking to Alan Sislowski. I've never had a, <laughs> a teacher in school pronounce my name correctly, man. But my name is definitely not as cool as, as Carpentier. All right, man. Well, I, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for coming on. Any other quick plugs before we uh, before we wrap it up? No, right there. Everything's over there at playerprofiler.com. The rookie ranking just got updated. Um, and going to the Senior Bowl next week, we got the future cast. Dropped this morning on the Roto Underworld Podcast Network. New show coming out on Friday. Yes, sir. It's fantasy season. It's rookie season. It's the best time of the year. Oh, yeah. I love the off-season content more than I like doing the in-season grind stuff. So, and I'm sure you're – I can, thousand percent. Uh, yeah. No, this is this is more fun. All right. So, we're going to have Cody back on hopefully before the beginning of the season. Uh, once, uh, you know, the draft is settled in, I want to have you come back and talk a little bit through about your your reshuffle rankings. And next week, we're going to have a new episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Dynasty podcast. We're going to have Dynasty Depot Nel- uh, Nelson Verbit come on here and talk about uh, buy, sell, trade. Uh, they're – they're in their second year of, of, of being able to buy. So if you want to get rid of some of your dynasty teams and you're on FFPC, this is the an episode you're not going to want to miss. All right. Until next week, everybody. Talk to you soon. Goodbye. Noise, noise. The sun goes down on my side of town. That lonesome feeling comes to my door. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.